الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنا أنزلناه قرآنا عربيا لعلكم تعقلون سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم igniting a passion for deen within our hearts it rests with those things that flourish and nourish the soul and the most important of these the most important way by which sorry the most important means by which a person can accomplish this goal is through the Quran and the reality is that nothing compares in relation with the Quran nothing compares at all there's no comparison when it comes to the Quran especially when it comes to being a food for our soul and the reason is because there's no better form of Allah Ta'ala's remembrance in the Quran there's no better dhikr there's no better speech for that matter in fact if you were to take all of the speech in the world and compare it with the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it wouldn't compare. There's no comparison. And this is from the Prophet when he said, that the superiority of Allah Ta'ala's book over all other types of uh, sorry, the superiority of Allah Ta'ala's speech over all other types of speech, it's like Allah Ta'ala's superiority over all of Allah's creation. It's a very powerful statement because what the Prophet ﷺ is highlighting to us is that if you take something that's very obvious to you, it's very obvious that Allah Ta'ala is superior to His creation. Nothing compares. You can't compare Allah with His creation. In fact, you won't find a single attribute that the human being and Allah Ta'ala share. It doesn't exist. Human being is born, Allah Ta'ala was never born. The human being has to pass, Allah Ta'ala will never pass. The human being requires sustenance, Allah Ta'ala is the sustainer. The human being requires security. Allah Ta'ala is the one who provides security. Uh, the human being will be accounted. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala takes accountability. So there's no single characteristic that is shared between Allah Ta'ala and His creation. All of His creation. So the way those two are so different from one another, meaning Allah Ta'ala is so different from the human being, and Allah Ta'ala is that much more superior to the human being, the Prophet ﷺ says that in that same way, the speech of Allah Ta'ala and the word of Allah Ta'ala is just as superior. Meaning nothing will compare. There's nothing you can read. There's nothing you can find online. There's nothing that you can pull up on your phone. There's nothing that you can pull up in a book or in a text that will ever compare with the words of the Qur'an even if all of these words are put together. Never will compare. So if this speech is this powerful, then you can imagine the effect that it has on the heart it is the most powerful tool to scrub the heart clean. And this is from the statement of the Prophet wasallam that once Ibn Umar anhu, he narrates that the Prophet wasallam said, Inna hadihi al-qulub, he's talking about the hearts. The Prophet said, Inna hadihi al-quluba tasta'u kama yasta'u al-hadid idha asabahu al-ma'. Verily the hearts, they become rusted. These hearts become rusty just like the way iron becomes rusted with water. Prophet says that the, the hearts become rusted just like iron becomes rusted with water. 
So he asked the Prophet well, what is it that we can do to remove this rust? Right? We know this from the Quran also. Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Al-Mutafifin, that people through what they do to themselves, they cause this rust to form over their hearts. And when rust is formed over the heart, it's like a, it's like a hard stone that can't catch fire. You can't ignite within that heart a passion for deen. Right? So that rust needs to be removed in order for it to catch fire, you can say. So anyways, Allah Ta'ala says, When the rust forms over because of what you do, and here the Prophet is saying, is the hearts, just by their design, just because, we, because the heart interacts with so many things that you know, are mundane, and you could say evil, that rust forms over the heart as well. So Ibn Umar asked the Prophet, well, what is it that we can do to remove this rust from our heart? And he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said two things. He said, كَثْرَةُ ذِكْرِ الْمَوْتِ he said, excessive remembrance of death, number one. And he said, Quran, And the recitation of the Qur'an. The recitation of the Qur'an in and of itself is such a powerful tool to polish our hearts so that it can remove the rust that forms around it through the recitation of the Qur'an. And not only is it you know, a, a very strong form of polish or a cleanser, you could say, it also acts as a light for the believer both in this world and the hereafter. Once Abu Dhar al-Ghifari radiallahu ta'ala anhu, very pious companion of the Prophet if you read his biographies, you'll be shocked at some of the statements that he's made, some of the, the, the lifestyle himself that he undertook. He's a very special companion, Abu Dhar. So, he was like an elite companion, so he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa to give him advice. So the Prophet sallallahu gave him uh, one piece of advice. And then he asked, okay, give me more advice. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa told him, be particular about reading the Qur'an because it is a light for you on earth and a treasure for you in the hereafter. <laughs> Prophet's advice to Abu Dhar al-Ghifari, his very special companion, the Prophet said to him that be particular about reciting the Qur'an because it is a light for you on this earth. This earth is dark. It's lit up in here right now, but it's darkness everywhere. Spiritual darkness. And that spiritual darkness affects us. You know, the clarity that we should be seeing Allah Ta'ala, not literally, figuratively, the clarity by which we should be seeing Allah Ta'ala, it's not present anymore. You know, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they used to say that when they were praying Salah, it was as if they were standing immediately before Allah because their hearts were illuminated and they were able to see with clarity. But that, that time has sort of passed. We live in a time of extreme darkness. And so that one light is the Qur'an that's available to us. And Allah Ta'ala, as merciful as He is, He will preserve this Qur'an until the Day of Judgment so that it can be a light for us in this world. And then, of course, a treasure like the Prophet Sallallahu said in the hereafter. So anyone who's serious about developing themselves spiritually must take a deep look at their, must take a deep look into their relationship with the Qur'an. What is my relationship with the Qur'an that Allah Ta'ala has blessed me and blessed all of us with? How much do I interact with it? How much do I read it? How much do I study it? How much do I spend, how much company, sorry, how, how much time do I spend in its company? You know, are the people uh, that are of the Qur'an, are they my friends? Do I spend time in the gatherings of the Qur'an? How much am I reading every day? 
These are serious questions that some, everyone must ask. Everyone. But in particular, that person who decides that they're serious about igniting a passion for deen in their heart, they must first look at what their relationship with the Qur'an is before anything else. This is the first step. So with regards to the Qur'an, there are just a few key points I want to highlight of things that we should practically be taking into consideration with regards to our Qur'an and our relationship with the Qur'an. The first thing that is a must for every human being, because like we highlighted previously, the body needs nourishment every single day. We don't go a day without feeding the body. Even when we're fasting 17, 16, 17 hours, some of us may skip out on suhoor. How many of us are skipping out on iftar? No one. Everyone's having iftar and everyone's having dinner. And most of us are at least having suhoor, are having suhoor as well. So we wouldn't go a single day without depriving our physical body of food, not even in Ramadan when it's actually easier to do so. How could we deprive our heart of its food, which is none other than the Qur'an? Which means that every single day, number one, every single day, a portion of the Qur'an should be recited. This is the food that we have for our hearts. We can't starve our hearts of this. It desires it. It needs it. It is passionate about it. It wants the Qur'an. And it is illuminated through the recitation of the Qur'an. And every single day, we should have a set portion of Qur'an that we recite without fail. Pick a goal for yourself. For some people, it may be... Uh, the goal could be quantity. It could be that every day I'm going to recite one juz of Qur'an or every day I'm going to recite one page of Qur'an. But you pick a quantity for yourself and you say that no matter what, before I go to bed, I am absolutely going to interact with the Qur'an uh, on this level. I will not go to sleep unless I complete my recitation of Qur'an. One juz, one page, one quarter, whatever amount you may see. It comes in narrations in both Tabarani and Ahmad uh, that... Once the Prophet ﷺ, he was hosting a delegation from Thaqif. So a few of them had actually stayed in the tent of the Prophet ﷺ. So after their Isha prayer, they, uh, the Prophet ﷺ would come to them uh, every day and he would give them some sort of advice and he would recollect on the times when he was persecuted by the Quraysh, etc. So every single day after Isha prayer, he would come and he would address them. One day he came late. He came late. So they asked the Prophet ﷺ, usually you're here on time to address us. Today you were late. So the Prophet ﷺ said that, you know, I have a fixed portion of Qur'an that I have to recite every day. I had not yet completed that portion, so I had to finish it before I came in and addressed you. This is the Prophet ﷺ. I mean, his heart is already illuminated. He is the light of this universe, right? And he ﷺ was so particular about not going a day without Qur'an that he delayed the benefit that this delegation would have received at, because he was worried about the benefit that he was missing out on from the Qur'an. Right? Sometimes we think that I'm, I'm an important person. I mean so much to the community. I mean so much to my family that I don't have time for Qur'an. Right? I mean, who's going to serve people if, if, uh, if I'm busy reciting the Qur'an? And we're not saying that you spend six hours reading the Qur'an every day. We're saying that a set portion of the Qur'an every day should be recited. We are dependent on this. Not only are we dependent on this, our families are dependent on it. Meaning, by me not reciting my own Qur'an, my family is going to suffer. Because they won't get that nur from myself. Meaning, the transfer that occurs. Same with the community. If we don't engage in Qur'an and we think that we're helping other people, if our hearts are empty and we're trying to benefit the people around us, what benefit is going to come from that? We have to take benefit from the Qur'an and then we can share that with others. And this occurs on a metaphysical level. So the, 
the delegation, they asked the Sahaba of the Prophet ﷺ the following morning, they said, how much is it that the Prophet ﷺ, what is his fixed portion of Qur'an? So they told the delegation that he, recite, he divides the Qur'an into seven parts. He reads this much on day one, this much on day two, this much on day three, and after seven days he completes his Qur'an. So this was his fixed portion of the Qur'an. Once the Prophet ﷺ, he was in a place between Mecca and Medina Munawwara. And a man had come to meet him. And uh, before the man was able to be brought into the Prophet ﷺ, he was asked from the Prophet ﷺ, is it okay for him to meet you now? And the Prophet ﷺ said, no, not yet. I haven't finished my fixed portion of recitation. This is my preference. Once I finish this, and this man can come and meet me. So the Prophet ﷺ made it a priority that whatever, every single day, he had a fixed portion, he would read it, and he would put everything else aside. Now, what's the responsibility of the Prophet ﷺ? The responsibility is to guide the ummah. You could say, if anybody had an excuse to take a break from the Qur'an so that other people could benefit, it would have been the Prophet ﷺ. But he didn't. He said, no, this is a priority. Now, maybe it was because he wanted to show the ummah that, look, you can't ignore your own soul to say that you're going to save five other souls. You can't say that I'm going to you know, deprive my own soul at the expense of maybe helping the five other people around me. It doesn't work that way. You have to take care of yourself, then and only then will other people be able to benefit. Uthman radiallahu anhu, a companion of the Prophet you know, a very close companion, he used to say that not a single day or night would go by without him looking, without... Um, him looking into the physical book of Allah Ta'ala. Not a single day or night would go by. Meaning he would recite the Qur'an, but he, could not, he would not feel comfortable, he would be uneasy if a day or night went by without actually taking the Qur'an and reciting from it. You know, do, how do we feel? Does it bother us? Now, for people that are consistent in Qur'an, that have a fixed portion, if you miss a day, it hurts. Right? But if, if we're inconsistent to begin with and then you miss a day, then you can miss five and six days or three weeks or some people miss an entire year. It doesn't phase them. So the first point to remember is that a set portion of Qur'an must be recited every day. Fix a goal for yourself before Ramadan is done and decide that I will not go a day without reading this much Qur'an. I won't, go to, I won't lie down in bed until I complete my portion. Okay, the second thing to keep in mind with the Qur'an. Second goal to have, recognizing that this is a nur for the heart and it's a polish, as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, from the rusting that occurs over the heart, is that we should make it a goal over the course of our life to be able to understand the Qur'an. We should make it a goal over the course of our life to be able to understand the Qur'an. Some of us, some of us take this very lightly. We're comfortable being able to recite the Qur'an. We're, we're sufficient with that. I can recite it, and I can recite it properly, and I can recite it beautifully, right? With tajweed and tilawa and uh, tartil. But how could it be that the greatest speech that's available on the planet, we could go our entire life without actually knowing what's being said? How is that possible? You know, we study foreign languages four years in high school, four years in college, we'll study it, right? We, we will learn, you know, uh, I don't know what computer languages are around now, but we learn you know, SAP and C++. We'll spend time learning these languages because these are important to us. But the Qur'an, there's no better speech than the Qur'an. And Allah Ta'ala purposely revealed it in Arabic. إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِيلُونَ So that you can 
reflect upon it. So you can use your aql and try to make sense of it. But until and unless we've studied Arabic to some degree, we will never come to that point. Now, it's okay for us to... It's not that we have to be masters of the Arabic language, but it's that at some point in our life, we should reach a point in our life where we can actually understand some basic verses of the Qur'an. So that when we stand in prayer, we can make sense of what we're saying. Right? So this doesn't mean that we neglect recitation. We know recitation has a benefit even if you don't know the meaning. And we don't, that's not even a debated issue. But a goal in our life should be that we want to be able to understand the words of the Qur'an in its original language. So if it means that today I need to enroll in an Arabic class, that maybe over the course of one year I can study, sorry, over the course of one year I have a sufficient understanding of Quranic Arabic. Maybe it's a more prolonged program. Maybe it's a once a week program. But you, we have to study the language. The benefit that comes from the Quran when it's understood, it far supersedes you know, uh, other forms of benefit. So keep that a, make that a goal in your life. That, you know, the Quran is the best form of speech. If I can't understand the best form of speech, then you know, what kind of believer am I? So make the intention today, come up with a plan over the next week or so, and after Ramadan is complete, then begin to study the Qur'an through the language that it was, in, that it was revealed in. Okay, so number one we mentioned was have a set portion of Qur'an that you recite every day. That's a goal. Like the Prophet had that goal and the Sahaba had that goal. Number two is make an intention to learn the language of the Qur'an so that we can understand it on a deeper level. The third, and this is, a, uh, this is you know, just as important as the other two. Make the Qur'an your best friend. Make the Qur'an your best friend. You know, at times in life, we go through difficulties and we struggle. And we often look for someone that can hear us out. Or we often look for a place that we can get advice. Usually that's someone who we trust or someone that we're close to. The Qur'an plays that role. The guidance and wisdom that's contained in the Qur'an, you can't find it even in human beings because this is Allah Ta'ala's speech. So whenever we're in that situation, we immediately turn back to the Qur'an. Make it our best friend. You know, the same way that you would the interactions that you have with your best friend on a daily basis, that should be the Qur'an as well. Surround yourself with it. It should be playing in your, in your car, or in the place of other things that you could listen to. It should be, uh, it should be part of your family. It should, be, uh, it, it, it should be built into your Ramadan, right? A khatam of the Qur'an that people strive toward. Engaging, sorry, spending time in the gatherings of Qur'an. The Tarawih prayer, an amazing opportunity to make the Qur'an your best friend. Even if you don't feel like standing, sit and just listen to the words of Allah Ta'ala being recited. You know, Umar radiallahu anhu, a close companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it said that whenever he used to enter the home, the first thing he would do, would he would, would, first thing he would do when he'd enter his own house was he would open the Qur'an and read it. Walk into his house, he had to interact with his best friend, took out the Qur'an and he would recite it. And if we make it our best friend in this world, meaning we surround ourselves with it, we interact with it regularly, we play it in our cars when we're driving, we uh, make it a point of focus, especially during times of difficulty, 
it will be a benefit to us because it'll be our best friend in this world. And it'll be there for us in the hereafter. If we make the Qur'an our friend in this world, it'll intercede for us in the hereafter. It comes in uh, Sahih Muslim. The Prophet ﷺ said, recite the Qur'an for on the day of judgment, it will come as shafi'an li ashabihi. An intercessor for whom? For his companion. So if the Qur'an is our companion in this world, expect that it'll be there for us on the day of judgment. You know, on that day, we'll be looking for any kind of help that we can get. Right? There will be no help on that day. No help. Our parents won't recognize us. Our friends won't recognize us. Our brothers and sisters won't recognize us. Nobody will recognize us on that day. And we'll be looking for some sort of help and support. You know, you'll go to your best friend. You'll go to your parents and say, look, you supported me in this world. You, you were always there for me. I could always rely on you. And your parents won't even be able to recognize you because of the state of panic they find themselves in. And your best friend in this world that you could always rely on on that day of judgment will not even be able to recognize you, let alone help you. The prophets will be turning down people. The prophets with the exception of the prophets, the prophets will be turning down people from assistance. It'll be a day that we'll be looking for any kind of help that we can get. And the Prophet ﷺ says, as narrated in Sahih Muslim, that the Qur'an will intercede for its friend, its companion on the Day of Judgment. Now, we have to make it our friend. We have to make it our best friend. You know, that place that we resort to whenever we're in need, that, uh, re the relationship that we have every single day, so make the Qur'an our friend. So those are three key points with the Qur'an that we have to keep in mind. That number one, every day we have a set portion that we recite and we don't conclude our day without reciting it. If we have to set an alarm on our phone or we have to punish ourselves for it, if we don't do it, then so be it. It'll be worth it. Number two is that we must make an intention. It's a lifelong goal, not an overnight goal, a lifelong goal to be able to understand the Qur'an. And number three, make the Qur'an your best friend in this world. Make it that friend that you rely on, that you turn to, that you seek advice from and guidance from. And if you treat it like your best friend in this world, it will treat you like its best friend in the day of judgment and the hereafter. Now for anyone that's developing their souls, anyone that's focused, and we all are, and that's why we're all here right now, the Qur'an is the source of benefit. We can't circumvent the Qur'an. There's no greater dhikr than the Qur'an. There's no greater person. We just, we're dependent on it. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to recognize the value of the Qur'an when it comes to rectifying our souls and igniting uh, the passion for deen within it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, grant us all the tawfiq uh, because really that's what's required so that we may interact with the Qur'an on a daily basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us lovers of the Qur'an, close friends of the Qur'an, and allow the Qur'an to intercede for us in the hereafter. May Allah ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq that by next year, this time, we understand the Qur'an better than we understand it today. We ask that Allah ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to study the Arabic language such that the Qur'an becomes, uh, the, the, the hidden secrets of the Qur'an become more apparent to us. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attach, attach us to it. Uh, and and uh, allow it to intercede for us in the hereafter.